Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Started Up Podcast. Today, I have on Jennifer Cushell. She is one of those persons that is really taking on the what am I going to do with the rest of my life situation with a lot of teens. Uh, she has written books. She has started organizations. But today's focus is uh, a program they're rolling out to more schools to get more students to understand their purpose, their why, their mission. And I think this is so vitally important. I'm going to get into a lot of the details, so I'm not going to do that in the intro because I really wanted to get to this interview. Um, But needless to say, this is one that I think is really important. If you're a parent, uh, give this a listen, share it with other parents. If you're a teacher, same thing. There's a lot of valuable resources here, and she gives a lot of the details about her website and uh, the services they provide. So give it a listen and a share. All right, here we go. Take some notes. Enjoy this one, Jennifer Cushell. All right, joining me now is Jennifer Cushell. She is the founder of Exploring Your Potential. It's an online program that helps students recognize their possibilities, find the right path for them, design a career and life plan that ignites their ambition and inspiration. Thank you, Jennifer, for being on. So nice to be here with you. So enjoyed talking to you before we press record, which I always sometimes hesitate. Sometimes the conversation before I press record is so fun because they're like, okay, there's no pressure. Um, but like getting to know some of your work was is really interesting uh, because you're starting to do things at an international level. But let me start from the very beginning. Before you did the international stuff, what was that point of, I really need to get students to start thinking about their future? Well, I'd say that the international started actually before anything else. It was, um, I was 19 when I started the Young Entrepreneurs Network back on CompuServe. And uh, we were building, you know, we had one of the first networks for young entrepreneurs in the world. And so um, I I really was just trying to connect young people with a passion for what they wanted to do next, which was entrepreneurship originally, and uh, try to connect them with like-minded peers because I mean, being an entrepreneur since I was 13, it was, it was really hard to find other people who understood who you were and what you were trying to do. And that's um, a, it's a whole different world today. Entrepreneurship is very prevalent with young people. But I still find that universally, um, we don't have enough support systems in place for young people exploring mm. alternative paths. Mm. Well, I, let, me, let me ask a follow-up on that. You're right. The, and I'm not going to go all Gary Vaynerchuk on you, but like, the term entrepreneur is ubiquitous now, yeah. but I think that there's been a big discussion here, especially in the last couple months on the difference between an influencer, and I'm using my hair quotes, and an entrepreneur. Yeah, well, I mean, I think so many people are working independently now, or they're mm-hmm. building their own thing, like a platform or a brand, and so they're automatically applying the term entrepreneur to that, um, right. which, you know, I guess is just subsequent to uh, the world kind of saying entrepreneurship is going out on your own, striking, you know, <laughs> building building your own enterprise, but I mean, I think more traditionally when we, when we talk about entrepreneurial ventures, we talk about building an actual company, um, employing people, uh, you know, building 
profit, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful that the term entrepreneurship is spread and that more people realize that they, they can take a more entrepreneurial approach to their lives. Um, I try not to kind of draw the line between what's an entrepreneur and what isn't, but it really does underscore, you know, really what we're trying to do with exploring your potential and the idea that, you know, there are no, um, we shouldn't be talking about career and silos. We shouldn't talk to only entrepreneurs or only employees. Um, there's so many different shades to what we can do with our lives and how we can earn a living and, and build organizations that I, I really wanted to have a more cohesive conversation about that. And yes, entrepreneurship, I think, applies to all of us in some, on some level. And it's in our best interest that we, you know, like I like to say, think like an economist, act like an entrepreneur. You know, we yeah. Look at, you know, survey, survey the world, survey the Absolutely. markets and act entrepreneurially. Um, when it comes to how you respond to it. Yeah, I, I think that that's one of the reasons why I clarified because it's it's funny, like some people, and again, I understand why some people are like, you know, I have a thousand followers on Instagram, I'm an entrepreneur. But at the same time, I also see some people that are jaded like, oh, that guy's just a YouTube star. That's not a real thing. And I'm like, well, that real thing is making a lot of money because they employ or they deploy entrepreneurial tactics. They sell merch, they, you know, know how to affiliate and all this other stuff. So it, it is, it's, it's, it's been interesting how a lot of the youth have started to understand, you know, passive income and, and revenue streams and stuff like that. So that's, that's all really exciting. But yeah, it, I mean, it, entrepreneurship is about someone who creates things, invents things, um, uh, creates opportunity, uh, monetizes it create some level of sustainability. I mean, if you look at that as the, the lowest level definition of entrepreneurship, you know, people are doing that as micropreneurs, as intrapreneurs, they're doing it on eBay, they're doing it with, you know, Postmates, they're doing it in lots of different Uber and, uh, you know, all sorts of different ways. And yes, by being a YouTube star as well. Yeah, yeah. So the, the one thing I will say, though, it seems like even though we're saying this is becoming a trending thing, it's still, and I think one of the reasons why I'm assuming you you have started what you have with exploring your potential, like it still seems to be a small subset of people that know how to take advantage of some of these tools. And uh, there's still a lot of students in that zone of just keep your mouth shut and your head down and, and everything will work out. And I, I'm, I'm assuming like that that's one of the driving forces for exploring your potential, like getting more students aware of what's out there. Def definitely. And I mean, whether you want to take a traditional path and go to a big corporation, a well-known you know brand and work your way up through the system, or you want to take an alternative route, um, I don't think we're giving a clear view of the options to young people. And it's not just in the U.S., it's a global issue. You know, you have 1.8 billion young people on the planet, a billion of which are entering the workforce. And frankly, not all markets have job opportunities and not all markets have thriving companies and industries. And, you know, frankly, even those who are looking for more traditional opportunities, you have to be a lot more entrepreneurial with how you build your, your base of experience. And so I, I just feel like the overall conversation about work and how you do it and how you engage in the world needs to change. And so we've, we've constructed Exploring Your Potential to alter the discussion about it completely and re really train young people from a different perspective on how to view themselves as talent in the workforce. Yeah. I, I, one of the other things I, I, when I was reading up about some of the things you're doing is that you, you were also citing some statistics about like, underemployment um, that, you know, those who have graduated college... 67% don't have a job lined up. 
before graduation in their chosen field. Um, walk with me about exploring your potential and how that's starting to, to close that gap. Well, I think a lot of the decisions that are being made about colleges and uh, majors and career paths are being made fairly arbitrarily or with very little information. Mm-hmm. And and that's what's happening. And it, it's, it's a problem at our best universities and training programs in the world. And it's also so a major problem when it comes to vocational training programs and um, commu- you know uh, other other initiatives to get the underemployed into the workforce because young people are often treated like sheep. Uh, they're given an a la carte set of options that seem to be available or or where the organization that's teaching them has resources, and they feel like those are the only ones available. And it's it's just it's crazy. Because um, if you think about even just the way career services is done in the world, most career services organizations within a university or any kind of campus are using a 40-year-old model to talk about finding work. They, they do assessments, they do resumes, and then they do on-campus interviews. And if you think about the limitations to that model, that process, and also the level of anxiety it creates in young people who might not know what they want to do and don't really have a lot of experience to show or don't know how to tell their story or explain what they want to do. Um, it's just not, it's not effective. And that's why we get such low engagement rates in most career centers, not all. But I just, I, I think we're, by not having conversations about what the world of work looks like, how industries function, how, what kind of different business models we have available to us from uh, employment to all the shades of entrepreneurship, including consulting and freelancing and temp work and alternative economy options. You know, we, we can't really, we can't really offer, um, offer young people what they deserve and, and get the best uh, ambition, motivation and output from them. Yeah. I'm certainly glad you bring that up. I, I've seen so much data on the amount of, students that stop after their junior year, which normally signifies they got the first taste of what they're actually thinking about doing, and then they don't like it. Uh, I know, I'm speaking only for myself, I remember my junior college, and I did my internship in my first career, I'm not going to say what it is because I don't want to bash it, but I didn't like it. And there was this pit in my stomach of, and, and by the way, acknowledging the privilege, my mom and dad, which by the way, I'm 47 years old. So college was a lot more affordable back then, but yeah. I, there was this pit in my stomach that like the, the, the school they had paid for and I was darn near done. I like, Ooh, I don't like this career because I didn't have the opportunities to experience other things. Yeah. And so I blindly went into, it's kind of like, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like when, when you meet a, like you meet a kid in class and he's argumentative and somebody, you know, flippantly says, well, you should be a lawyer. And he's like, huh, I think I'll try that. Well, that was a pretty arbitrary decision, like you were saying. So the, the, the students that go in, major in something, and, and heck, let's just say they changed their major their sophomore year. With, with any luck, they don't have to spend too much money, but normally that change of major changes prerequisites. That's a really expensive, really expensive venture to change your major. So yes. I'm, I'm all for kids starting to explore options earlier because just like just it's saving them money at, at minimum it's going to save them money and then you like you said the, the, you kick in the whole anxiety of like what do you want to do with your rest for like well sh- i don't know it's a, yeah. it's a daunting task 
Yeah. And, and what a tragedy to have people invest as much as they are in education and walk out the door and have no idea. It's, it's, that's just not okay anymore. There has to be th- that uh, the understanding where you want to go, or at least having a good idea and some traction, it, sh- it has to be part of that ROI. It really does. Um, you know, and, and it, it also, it's, it's funny that you bring that up too, that uh, part, well, we started working with universities, um, embedding, exploring your potential into their programs. It started originally in the, you know, senior, junior year, where they're really looking at graduating and what they're going to do next. And more and more um, first-year programs are starting to look at and adopt the program now because they're realizing that students transitioning into the educational environment uh, need the help in framing who they are and what they want to do and understanding, you know, that, that really informs what they study, who they hang out with, what their extracurricular activities are. They not only become more engaged, but they become more confident, more motivated. Um, and even, you know, we're showing like 68% of students are more committed to their education even once they've taken EYP. And so those outcomes, I think, really speak to how critical it is that we offer young people a bigger context. And we hit on one of the biggest reasons they drop out or they're indecisive, which is relevance. We have to establish relevance. And to establish relevance, we need context. Let's dig deeper into that. Explain to me what, like, what are you, are you hearing about? Like, why, are, why isn't their chosen major relevant? What does is, what is seem to be lacking? Well, I think we're not, uh, oftentimes the majors don't map cleanly to opportunity in the world, you know, uh, social science or IT or <laughs> um, political science. You, you know, the, the people think there's an a la carte menu of a few things you can do. What if you're studying English? Um, what if you're studying accounting? I look at accounting and what blows my mind is that everyone thinks when you go into accounting that you have to go work for a big accounting firm. And for some reason, they, they cease to, they don't have the conversation about pretty much every organization in the world needs an accountant. Um, accounting is a core business function for every government, nonprofit, every organization, every volunteer group, everyone needs accounting. And so the idea that we're funneling young people into major, you know, major accounting firms thinking that that's their only option, not realizing they can work for sports agencies, that they could work for individual entrepreneurs, that they could work for rock bands. <laughs> that's yeah. just one example of how we're just lit, we're, we're so limited in the perspective we're using. So let's go back one more step, because this is, this is for 21 years been my jurisdiction. <sighs> High school education, heck, yeah. middle school education, it, it, this is where, and, and I know we, we, we haven't met too much prior, but this is why I had the class I had. We had a class called Innovation and Open Source Learning. Nice. And it was the catch-all. So nice. like for the first seven weeks, I taught my students how to think for themselves, yeah. how to reframe problems, how to, like we, have a, we have a saying, how to create seekers and peakers, not moaners and groaners. Opportunities, <laughs> opportunity seekers look for opportunities. And then those seekers, if you get two or three seekers together, they can start sharing information and they can look into the future. They're peakers. Meanwhile, right now on Twitter, everybody's complaining about something, which is yeah. fine, which is fine, I guess. But like doing something is everything. And so, yeah. uh, you know, I taught them how to, 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 to understand their own digital brand, the huge advantage they have if they do something with it. You know, if you're 17 years old and you have a LinkedIn account and you're working on something meaningful, advantage to you. Yeah, it's huge. Huge. 
And and so like like I wanted more high schools. I'm begging for more high schools. Have an and, and and by the way, innovation open source learning. Because then the rest of the school year, after those seven or eight weeks are over, you open source your learning. Hey, Mr. Wetrick, I want to learn how to you know code on Python. I don't know how to do that, but I know Go who figure people it out. to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so we give them resources. We find the mentors. Well, it's not what you know; it's who you know. Okay, we'll know people. I give them a week to start following people of of value. Yeah, and that's it, it's not rocket science. And it's just amazing that schools are like, well, but that might take away their time to memorize for a good SAT score. Oh my God. And you're like, okay, then what's important? What's Don, important can I here? tell you, I've been on the, on the total opposite of what you're saying. I've been to Ivy League schools where I've asked students, do you know what you want to do? And maybe 10% will raise their hand and say they know exactly what they want to do. When I say, have you, what have you done about it? They say nothing. I right. said, have you Googled it? And yeah. no one says yes. Right. No one. Right. No one. And you know, it's so, highly <laughs> offensive when you tell them that their career is going to be gone in five years. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, like, I, I hate that. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit there and bash anybody's career, but Google it, man. There's so many things that can be automated. The, it's the soft skills, dummy kind of thing. Like yeah. there's so like, don't get me wrong. I love a lot of tech skills, but we're moving so fast towards automation of a lot of things. You coming up with creative solutions and ideas is everything. I yeah. memorized I memorized our whole curriculum and I got a perfect score. Okay. You're going to beat a robot? I, yeah. Learning how to seek and peek, in my opinion, is way more important. But no, no, no. And this is the battle I'm sure you're fighting as well. In, in some cases, it's also the parents. You know, why take a risk on entrepreneurialism? My son's going to definitely get a blank by studying blank and getting into this college. Okay, you might want to look at the data on that recently. Recently. Because yeah. for 200 years, they were right. Shut up, keep your head down, be a quiet, complacent student, or, um, you know, compliant student. Everything will work out well. They were yeah. right for but a I don't long blame, time. But I also don't blame parents for jumping in as aggressively as they do when it when it seems like their kids are lost. <laughs> I mean, we definitely have the problem where, you know, people like entrepreneurs, for example, are told, don't do this. That's not the way to go. I'm I giving mean, we're, you we're my preach emoji. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's, if kids are completely lost, which is not an acceptable state um, for anyone who's involved in education, that's not okay. Um, we need to, we need to give them some guidance, of course. But what I'm advocating for is that we help young people take control and ownership of their own lives. And the way that they do that is by showing them how to, how to really discover what they're most passionate about, what gets them excited, the, the model that works for them based on how they like to learn and what kind of skills they have and what kind of environments that they thrive in and, and craft a plan around that. And we find that we get something like 70, 80% increases across the board on confidence, clarity, focus, motivation, because this is the first time anyone's ever asked a lot of these kids these questions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, so, I listen, sometimes I listen to people like, I say like us talking, like, this is so common sense. That we should have these conversations. <laughs> like, 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 if you sit there thinking, like, sometimes I'll even I'll give these mock situations and I'll go to a conference and I'll say, okay, this is a job interview. Hello, young man, young lady. Uh, we're thinking about hiring you. What skills do you have? I went to college. Yeah. Right, right, right. What can you do? What skills do you have you acquired? I yeah. got good grades. Yeah. 
I'm um, a good communicator. Right. Like, okay, our competition's <laughs> catching up with us. We might need to, to diversify our product pipeline. What do you got? Yeah. Uh, I'm writing an essay. And don't get me like, writing essays is important, but, you know, it's skills, man. We're looking mm-hmm. for skills and we're looking for that passion and we're looking for that enthusiasm. And that, relevant experience. Yes. <laughs> right. And, the, and then when people are like, well, you can't get relevant experience as a college student. Oh yes, my gosh. Can. Absolutely. Oh my can. gosh. I got, you know, I, I've got high school students that are running their own businesses. Yeah. You, you can do it. And, and again, what's the advantage them? Because at age 16, if you're doing that, everybody's rolling out the red carpet because you're 16 doing it. Exactly. And, and for those like parents are like, no, 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 my son or daughter doesn't have time to start their own little cute blog or whatever, because they need to make sure they study for a perfect SAT score. I'm like, okay, but just, mm, I understand why they're saying that, but I'm really frightened of what they're setting their son or daughter up for. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's tough, you know, and I think the bigger, the, one of the bigger challenges that um, we have to deal with too, from an education perspective is scale. How do you teach this to scale? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, not every student is lucky enough to have, you know, you as a teacher talking about innovation and, and, and future readiness and career readiness. It's, I mean, it's, it's rare to get teachers who look at the, the world with this kind of a lens. Um, not to say they're not out there because they're extraordinary teachers out in the world, but yes. you, you, we can't assume that or hope that our students get lucky enough to get one of them or two of them or three of them throughout the course of their education. We have to provide this kind of education, this kind of context to young people to scale and simultaneously help them understand how to customize their learning path and their career path to themselves, to their own interests, to their own you know, lives. And yeah. not just follow what other people are telling them because that's how people end up in crisis. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit more uh, of, about YSN and um, some, some of the things that you're really like starting to roll out and really proud of. Well, great. Yeah, thank you. Um, oh, I mean, YSN, we ran for 10 years or so. We built global networks of young leaders um, so they could communicate with one another and share their stories. Uh, in the past few years, we've been really maniacally focused on exploring your potential, which we built originally with Bloomberg um, to go out with Business Week magazine into schools to teach career and business. And all of a sudden, the school started saying, wow, we we need this. <laughs> we need this in yeah. our classrooms, not just um, as you know, uh, as an opt-in, but but uh, we have to teach career. We have to teach the world of work um, mm-hmm. to young people. And so we wound up spinning off uh, a company all around that. And now exploring your potential is being adopted by dozens of schools around the world, and uh, even made mandatory by a lot of programs. Um, we're mostly in higher ed. We are just starting to go into uh, high school. We have a big charter school network that's adopting and some high schools that are piloting and some programs internationally. Uh, we're working with the Latin Business School Association, um, so many business schools in Latin America, and a lot of programs in Africa. And uh, we're talking about some foreign language translations into this next year into Spanish and Arabic. Um, oh, so wow. we can run through North, North Africa and the Arab world. Um, which I'm extremely excited about. So I, I you know, again, I, I, my goal is to re, 
um, re reexamine or uh, you know really rewrite how we train young people for work. And I I think after 25 years of working in the field, writing best selling books, and you know traveling to 50 countries and doing all this, um, I think we really have hit on the most innovative curriculum to do this to scale from first world to third world. You know, highly educated to minimally educated, engaged to unengaged to fully engaged. And, you know, my goal is the more and more people we get into the system, the data we can analyze, uh, we can start to make a, you know, profound transformation in the lives of, you know, not just thousands, but maybe one day millions of young people. Yeah. So uh, just so I'm getting this correct, um, like YSN uh, was was the the first and then the spinoff would be Exploring Your Potential. Yeah, so we created EYP Ventures. Um, we got venture capital backed in October, and uh, we are now growing an ed tech model, SaaS model business with uh, Exploring Your Potential. Okay. Which is really exciting because, I mean, I've, I've been, um, you know, <laughs> working on these things forever, but uh, we really, this is the first time in history we've had a scalable model. And that is so important because, I mean, everywhere we go, kids want to be a part of our organization and our work. They want to stay connected to us, but we've never really had the ability to grow an organization to scale, to support them on an ongoing basis. Right. And that's what I'm really hopeful we're on track to do now because we've had followers from over 160 countries and anything that we put out online. And I mean, we don't, we, we're not as aggressive with our online marketing as, as you can imagine, but we have followers from 160 plus countries. So I, I hope that we can start to put content out there into the world on a much more aggressive level right now, but in the shorter term, make sure that the curriculum that they're going through, you know, puts them through an aggressive you know, 24 hours of real serious evaluation about their lives and their opportunities and helps, you know, propel them, you know, add oh. some rocket fuel to their life. Oh, so it's, it's pretty, it's pretty uh, intense and, and condensed. Oh you, yeah. I mean, you, yeah. Our, yeah. Exploring your potential is a four, it can be used up to four. It's really a four credit program. Um, it's 24 hours of online work for an individual and it's it's six mo- it's four courses six modules each um there's you know hundreds of uh you know self assessments and activities and uh we have 30 industry professionals from the united nations from telemundo from uh you know big companies like deloitte uh all talking about different career paths different industries different pathways um, and so they get a very intense experience going through. And most of the young people who take it say, you know, they've, it, it, that it was really hard. And I asked them, was it, was it difficult, you know, technically? They said, no, not at all. It's just, I've never been asked these questions Right. Before. They had to dig through and think about these things for the first time. Yeah. So that's why I think that we get such strong outcomes with confidence and direction. Because we really, you know, we really ask them very pointedly, you know, like what, ta- what, what value are you adding as talent in the marketplace? Right. How, you know, what organizations would you like to run or lead one day? You know, let's look at your, um, uh, let's look at you as talent competitively with others in the marketplace. Are you going to make as much money as they are? Are you coming into the workforce with the right skills, with the right background? Are your expectations in line with what the market shows 
so there's so many questions like that. Even like, what's the model that you want to make money with? Do you want equity? Do you want cash? Do you want a salary? Do you want an hourly wage? These are all things. Do you, well, how about franchising? How about licensing? <laughs> they're, they're all questions that we just don't talk to them about. Absolutely. No, I love that. I, I, I like uh, even on the website, one of the, the first testimonials, the course helped me understand career potential in the context of global possibilities. Love that. Yeah. That they're thinking of that too. <laughs> I, um, we, we, we've really been thoughtful about embedding um, global young leaders as examples into it. Uh, mm-hmm. We show them what, you know, who's working on social justice in Africa and on women's rights rights in Pakistan and, um, you know, kids doing youth leadership programs in Morocco. And I think it's so important to expose young people everywhere in the world to young people everywhere in the world. All right. Well, um, speaking of which, uh, we're so, you're talking about, hey, we're going to start marketing this a little bit more digitally. Uh, let's start now. Uh, please point people to um, where you would like them to go. I mean, I'm assuming exploringyourpotential.com is yeah. the, the first place. That's the first place to go. Um, we're also, you know, we're, uh, you know, we're on social media as well, but exploring your potential is there's a four minute video that explains the whole like philosophy and the teaching that we do and, you know, show some of the videos and the, you know, the, the amazing stories that, that exist in the program. And, you know, I, I encourage people to take a look at it and especially if they're working with uh, young people in any capacity from junior high to high school to college to postgraduate, uh, you know, think about how you can introduce this and even pilot it. It's, it's unbelievable how the engagement changes and how the self-efficacy is impacted. And I think yeah. that's really everything that, you know, we all want when we're working in education and trying to shape the lives of incredible young people. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so explore your potential.com. Uh, oh, explore. I'm sorry. Explore. You're right. And look your no, exploring, your exploring, poten- exploring your potential.com. And then at EYP underscore now, you can give them a, a following on social media. And yeah, I mean, I, 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 I love this. And, and like you said, asking those questions that sadly they're not contemplating yet, but they can. And, and so that's, that's exciting. Um, I, again, just, I tip my hat that you've been on this journey. I'm sure it'll be an overnight success after how many years? (laughs) 25. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, But you know, those who have been leading this charge for a long time, man, I just, I love it. And you know, this time is coming and, and you know, all this groundwork you guys have been laying, I know is, is really starting to impact lives and, and, uh, gosh, what a, what a great legacy. So Continued, continued uh, success in the future. Again, if you want to get a hold of Jennifer, uh, at, at, at any other thing like emails, you want us to get a hold of you somehow? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, you can reach me at Jennifer at exploringyourpotential.com. Uh, I'm also on Twitter, YSNJen. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, thank you, Don, for everything that you're doing and the incredible work uh, you've been doing all these years. I mean, I, I think it, it takes a village for sure. There's yeah. there are too many too many people out there that that uh, are desperate for hope and direction and opportunity. And it's really you know the world's a candy store. We just need to point them in the right direction and let them go. Absolutely. All right. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Don. Thank you for having me. 